It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Is there an undrafted uh, free agent pass catcher that could make the Cowboys 53-man roster? All that and more in this episode of Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, today is our final day of doing our undrafted free agent preview. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, I'm excited uh, for, well, let's see, the draft, the draft is NFL Christmas. So I guess the schedule release would be NFL's like Labor Day weekend. I don't know. I, I, I'm excited to see exactly what, you know, the Cowboys schedule is like. I'm excited to talk about these undrafted free agents. Uh, I'm just excited because we've kind of gotten to a point where uh, we're kind of tentatively, excitedly actually peering forward to the 2023 season. Yeah, we've got uh, mini camp happening, I believe, Thursday and Friday Thursday. and Saturday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the schedule release coming out Thursday night. By the way, we're going to have a show. We're not sure if we're going to be live yet or not, but it's going to come out late Thursday night talking about the schedule release. We'll talk about all the big games the Cowboys have. Uh, so look for that tomorrow. Though we're going to answer your Twitter questions. But today, we're talking pass catchers. And let's yeah. start, Landon, uh, with a very, very interesting one from Ole Miss, Ontario Drummond. We're going to pull up this little chart right here. Boom. There you go. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, old, old Mr. Sear, what'd you think? I really liked Ontario. Uh, I think he has average height, but he has really good size, weight and muscle. And, and, and I think that that, you know, he's really well developed in that area. He lines up in several spots, but it feels like big slot would be kind of his, his biggest spot, his best spot to kind of end up in. Uh, you know, this is going to be a theme, I think, with all three of these guys, uh, two of which because they went to the same school. But I, it felt like there was a lot of times mostly where he's being schemed open. They're, they're trying to get the ball in his hands. And that's, that's a positive and a negative thing, right? It's like it's a positive in the sense that they understand that this is a guy that they want to feed the ball. They want to get him opportunities because, uh, as we'll talk a little bit later, I think he has very – interesting yak skills i think he has very very interesting yard after catch you know and and after the catch skills but the other part of that is that he doesn't spend a ton of time getting open with his route skills right it's it's a lot of kind of being schemed open which you know is a it's kind of stuff we talked about with some of these receivers coming out so it's not necessarily a huge negative but it is something to keep in mind that you can't can't just necessarily put him out there have him run routes and expect for him to be uh open all the time that's something that's going to take a little bit of development yeah. with this guy i think this is that's something that's going to take development with all three of these guys maybe maybe less of the tight end but we'll talk about that more uh physical player he's physical after the catch 
He likes to mix it up as a blocker. And, he, you know, blocking is not a chore for him at all. If anything, he may be too aggressive at times as, as a blocker, as some people have pointed out. But I think all of that bodes well for him on special teams that involve, like, you know, punt return, uh, kick return, those sort of things where he, he's going to need to be his hands as a blocker. So I think he's going to be a good special team in that way. I think he's going to have some usefulness as a blocker, uh, maybe as a wide receiver as well. As a route runner, like we mentioned before, it's it's a real kind of jack of all trades, master of none situation. You know, he they they ran a ton of different stuff in Ole Miss, uh, but you know, it wasn't like he mastered any of these routes, right? It's more just like he's going through the motions, and again, because of the way that the schemes are drawn up, he ends up running these routes and getting open because there's a clear out situation in the concept or something like that, you know. Uh, there's just no nuance to his route running at this point. There's just none. No. So he, that's something he's definitely going to need to uh, uh, work on. Outside of the kind of physical nature, the, the blocking stuff, I think he probably will be a good tackler. So I think he could be in some coverage units as well. Uh, he also had very solid punt return production at Old Miss. Um, you know, I think he, uh, Dane mentioned in his report that they had over nine yards of, uh, of, of punt return in the SEC, which is pretty good. Um, I kind of put him on, and I don't really normally do this, but I thought that this kind of worked out. I put him on the spectrum of kind of a Traylon Burks, Noah Brown, and then and then this guy Drummond a little bit further down. I, I think he's a guy who can make a team as a special teams player, who has some uh, receiving upside, who eventually you could probably get on the field as a receiver you know, but maybe as a blocker in kind of the Noah Brown sort of role that you saw early in Noah Brown's career. Where does he win? I have I have him as breaking tackles as a ball carrier. It doesn't really matter how you get him the ball, whether it's through reverse like jet sweeps or handing him off the ball in the backfield or just quick clear out routes where you get him the ball on the move. Where he's at his best is when he has the football in his hands. Uh, and, and he's and he's running through th- running through tacklers. He has like such a low center of gravity. Like it's something he, his hips stay very low, and so his and his legs stay coiled very well. So he's constantly playing with a nice low center of gravity, which keeps his balance a lot. Uh, unanswered questions for him: Can he make the team with this mixture of skills as a down roster wide receiver? I, I see a very clear path because we saw this with Noah Brown, but you know, mm-hmm. obviously that's all going to be decided in training camp. Yeah, I mean, let's start with this. There are some people that really liked Drummond coming into the NFL draft, and you can understand why. When you have over a 1,000 receiving yards and eight touchdowns in the SEC, that's going to get a lot of people's attention, right? And Ole Miss was pretty good this year. He was the top receiver on that team. Uh, Lance Zerline at NFL.com actually had him ranked the, the, the highest. He had him at 117 on his wow. big board, which gave him – he gave him a fourth-round grade. Um I've actually heard this comp a couple different times. Uh, most people believe that he's probably going to have to be a slot receiver in the NFL because he just doesn't yeah. have long speed. You can see it on our screen right now. Yeah. Four, six, five, 40 yard dash. The one, five, seven, 10 yards, not bad. Um, but the shuttle and cones are very poor. The, the explosion, not great. Could he be at the very, very peak? Could he be a Juju Smith-Schuster level slot receiver who is going to do a lot of work between five and eight yards? It's going to make a lot of tough catches, and he's going to catch play, you know, balls for four yards and turn them into eight-yard gains. Like, I think that's if he reaches the ceiling, he could do that. It's just can he contribute in other ways until he gets there? We'll see. He's another one of these players, Landon. That's 
really old for an undrafted rookie free agent. He's going to be 25 this year. Yeah. 25. When the Cowboys signed Noah Brown as an undrafted free agent, he yeah. was 20. They had a lot of time to kind of develop him and mold and reshape his body. How much time are the Cowboys going to spend with a 25-year-old receiver who runs in the four sixes? I don't know. Yeah, I definitely agree that I think that he's probably a big slot. I mean, that's that's kind of the the the, the new hotness, right, around the league, and and I think that that's probably where he where he goes. Yeah, he ran a four six five at the combine, then he tried to come back and run at the pro day pro day, and he ran a four seven two. So he clearly has long speed issues. There's no doubt. I think he has some pretty decent you know, short area quickness, some short area explosion. Uh, you know, I, I think the the Traylon Burks com- uh, c- comparison, I mean, again, greatly reduced Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks, you know, obviously yeah. first, second round pick. This guy's undrafted. But I think in the sense that, you know, doesn't have great long speed in the testing, but you see on tape that he he has, you know, the kind of initial quickness to do what he needs to do. Uh, I think, I mean, not to spoil anything, to, but I think of the two wide receivers, because of the way his game is, he has a better chance to make the team. Okay. Um, let's um, but let's compare him to let's the down roster it. receivers the Cowboys have right now. Yeah. Um, do you like him better than what you saw from Simi Fahoku last year? I think that that's, I think it's tough to say. Be, uh, and I, yes, I think I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. No, I don't like him necessarily more than Simi Fahoku. Uh, and I think on top of that, Fahoku is probably a different, looking player than he was last year from what we understand he's supposed to be putting on a bunch of weight but they might be, be playing in the same, around the same spot right they're probably they, middle yeah of the field receivers that are going to ask to do a lot of blocking stuff yeah and and i think that that's really you know he would need to have a really nice uh-huh. camp to kind of beat out fahoku and really brown's probably in that same sort of consideration for that spot too so uh i i I think his skill set lends to making the team a lot better than some of these other guys, but I don't. But because the Cowboys have a glut at the position, it may not be make be the case this season. Yeah, Noah Brown just turned twenty six years old this year. Yeah, just a few months ago. So yeah, I mean, you're talking. That's the hard part here. You got somebody who already does that role and does it well. He, he's going to have to really come in, in and show that he's a better receiver than Noah Brown, which is going to be hard to do. Um, do you like him better than? Brandon Smith or TJ Vasher, who we saw last year. No, I don't know that I do. Um, I I think he may provide more as a special teamer, um, which may make that kind of conversation interesting. But I I, I don't know that I'm excited to see what TJ Vasher is this year. That's one of the the things that I'm actually looking forward to with this rookie minicamp is to see exactly how he's developed, because I think he has a body that could develop into something that, could be useful for this team next year. All right, let's uh, let's move on to our next receiver. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Bill Bar. Summer is coming, and with summer uh, almost here, you're going to need a snack with you to take on the go. Bill Bars are the absolute perfect snack to throw in your golf bag, take with you on a walk, take with you on your family vacations. Uh, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Bill Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy it. Uh, Built Bars contain only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your average candy bar, and it's not even really a contest. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, our next receiver uh, is from Indiana. It's Ty Freifogel, uh, six foot one, 210 pounds, a little bit faster in a 4-5-3, 10-yard split, phenomenal, 1-5-2, uh, he was somebody who was at, at Indiana for, I believe, five years. Uh, his best season came in 2020 in seven games. He had 700 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, what did you think of Freifold? Yeah, another guy, kind of average height and weight, uh, but he has kind of longer legs, uh, and, and that kind of shows up in several different ways. He's used often as a jet motion man, lines up out wide inside the slot. Again, I hate this Indiana offense. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's all just gimmicks, and 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 you know the quarter, and and, and much to the detriment of him and the, the tight end at times, especially this season. I mean, you kind of go back and see some of the previous quarterbacks, but this last year they had a quarterback who wasn't even going through like one read before he was just taking off and running the football, mm-hmm. it seems like. So I think that that kind of hurt Fry Fogel's game a little bit. Uh, he, he, that's why you end up with – he didn't even end up with 600 yards receiving, I think, this year. Uh, but, you know, again, like he, he's, he you know, was useful and definitely one of the better players on that, that offense – uh, he's a slash. He's a kind of a leggy slasher. He, he's not a burner, but he can kind of change direction suddenly. Not so much like a like a uh, shifty sort of way, but more kind of just a slash into this slight angle change sort of way. That you know, almost kind of like uh, you would see. Uh, oh my gosh, why am I forgetting his name? Ar- the Arkansas running back used to play for the Cowboys, Darren uh, Darren McFadden, right? Uh, yeah. Where he kind of will like he's he's running in a line and then suddenly will just kind of slightly alter his angle a little bit and, and kind of make people miss that way. Uh, his, his you know, I know that Dane really liked this guy as a route runner, but I didn't see a lot of the kind of route running refinements. I, I don't know. I again, I saw a guy who uh, he could he could beat you on some of these on some of these routes, but I just don't see someone who. Like he's deceptive on double moves, right? Like, like, like when he when he's in double moves, he can he can really sell it and and make you bite on that. But he's not subtle enough in routes like to consistently uncover cover during like running routes on a normal route tree. Right? I didn't like, see. I, I, I when he was going against man to man coverage, he was never open. Right? Like, I, and I, everything he had to do was was contested. Now against zones stuff, like you can see him finding soft spots in zones and that kind of stuff. But I just He's not somebody that's just going to put a defensive back in a blender, right? It's just not going to happen. There'll be times when you see what looks like a defensive back in the blender, and it's because he – like I said, he can run these double moves well. But, again, like that's not based on like – I don't feel like the way he's getting open with those double moves is based on how he's running the route. It's just that it's the deception of a double move, right, in in the context of what else is happening on the field. He's not like – you know, creating separation on a dig. He's not like running a quick slant and, and then wide open. You know what I'm saying? He's it, it's not he's not running stop routes and, and, and getting a bunch of separation at the top of this route. It, it, it's it's 
he has that kind of sudden slashing that that I think can be useful in in some of this stuff, but it's not like refined route running. And I guess that's ultimately where I have a problem with him is that he has some good ups. He can play above the rim in his game, but he struggles to finish there. Uh, My whole thing is like, where, what am I hanging my hat on with Fry Fogel? Like, cause that's, that's the, the, my issue with him. Where I put down, where does he win? He's a violent slasher while he's in motion. So whether that's, you know, uh, uh, lulling somebody into sleep with, 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 you know, uh, 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 kind of a, what you're perceiving to be a stop route and then going like a fake stop and go, or just getting his ball, the ball in his hands on, on a short route or in a screen and uh, a cutting back inside and, and gaining extra yards. But I just don't know, like he doesn't provide any real special teams value. I don't, I don't know if he played any special teams or not, but he doesn't seem physical. I don't know that his, Effort to me seems like something that is going to translate well to special teams. Yeah. My, my only answer question is he doesn't have any real upside as a wide receiver that I can tell. I mean, I guess he could get better as a route runner, but I mean, it's like, when is he going to be provided the time to be a better route runner? If he doesn't provide any special teams value, how does he make the team? Like, how, like what's, what's the path for him becoming a better wide receiver if he doesn't have something that is good enough for him to make the initial roster. Yeah. I think he's one of these guys that if he would have came out last year, I wonder if he would have got drafted. I mean, just drafted because Fry Fogel fell to undrafted free agency, but uh, he was named the big 10 receiver of the year last year because he was so productive in his seven starts. And then the quarterback play got worse. Um, And it, I think it started to wear on him. Like he started dropping passes that you, you'd never see him drop before. So, I, but for the most part, I do agree with you. Now, there are people that are really excited about Ty Fry, uh, Fry Fogel. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Matt Miller's mock or uh, rankings that has him 138. So there's people that had him ranked inside their one top 150, which to me seems a little high. I, I don't see him being that type of guy, but we'll see. I, I think he's more talented than what he showed this year. Um, he was a team captain. He does have a lot of you know, a lot of starts and a lot of reps under his belt, but I just don't know. I don't know. I'm not super optimistic here. To answer your question, like I watched two or three games from this year of both him and of uh, Hendershot, right? I mean, just basically did those three games for both of those players, right? And I went back, I did my report, I looked at Dane's report and was shocked, like how very different i mean you know usually when i do this uh, we may disagree on a couple things but this like his report like looked completely different than what i had written down so i went back and watched more games of him you know from previous years and basically to be clear i didn't watch games then i watched highlights of him previous like in previous years he looks different in previous years he looks different with the better quarterback so a lot of the stuff you know i had kind of gone back i had written in my notes that i felt like his effort was hot and cold but I went back and took it out because I think exactly what you said, right? Where I think he was getting frustrated with how terrible that quarterback yeah, was that he, he was. had this year. And I think that that got to him. So, you know, he's a team captain, so I'm not going to question his effort there. I, I feel like that was I think he was just discouraged, right? I, so I, honestly, I, underst- yeah. I understand that part, but I think at the same time, I still didn't see anything like in his previous tape that made me think this guy's got upside that has to be developed he seems very 
I don't know what he's very nondescript in, in the large, the larger landscape of NFL wide receivers, I guess is my point. I will say there's one thing about him that gets me really excited. He had a stretch in 2020 uh, that was incredible uh, in three games. I wrote this down in three games against Ohio state, Michigan, Michigan state, all right in a row, 25 catches for 560 yards and six touchdowns. Now those are some good secondaries he was playing yeah. against and and you could see it like he was finally getting in a rhythm. And then this year, because they had so much turnover at the quarterback position, just didn't look the same. And maybe he was looking you know, to, to the NFL a little bit too much, trying to show too much for the senior bowl or something like that. But I think he's talented. We'll just see. We'll see what kind of version we of Fry Fogel will get in camp. I'm not writing him off. Um, but I think of the two receivers that we talked about, even despite Freifogel having more athleticism, I think I, I think Drummond has a better chance to actually make the roster. I agree because because his game matches the kind of game that you need in order to be that fifth wide receiver. Like again, it's not at that point, it's no longer about who's the best wide receiver. It's about who is the most useful to your team. And and special teams weighs in probably 50%. Uh, yeah, as much as how good of a wide receiver, or how much upside you have as a wide receiver. Yeah, just to go back to that little stretch uh, in 2020, uh, seven yeah. catches for 142 yards and a touchdown against Michigan. Next week against wow. Michigan State, 11 for 200 and two touchdowns. The next week against Ohio State, seven for 218 and three touchdowns. So that stretch right there is probably reason enough alone to get at least somewhat excited about him because you just don't see receivers go for 500 yards against those three defenses very often. So we'll see. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we've got one more player that we want to talk about. Peyton Hendershot, a tight end from Indiana, uh, which is nice that we did it this way. So you could just watch Hendershot and Freifogel at the same time. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this one. I, I, I watched him yesterday and then... Shout out to the people at the Big Ten Network. They had a 25-minute highlight of every I, I had to watch that too, honestly. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, and I'm sure you're going to say the same thing, I struggled to find catches for him at first. You know, I yeah. I, I downloaded three or four games of of all 22 that he was in, and, and, and it wasn't a ton of catches that he was receiving. So – uh, again, kind of going back to cursing that, that that Indiana offense a little bit, but having seen you know a little bit more of him now, like I, I can. Well, let's get into it. I you know for a tight end, he's shorter, but he's got good weight. I mean, he's like I think six four two fifty is what we're looking at. He's built more like an H or a, an F. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's built more like a motion guy. I, I don't, you know, he lined up all over, but he, less as kind of a a Y and lots of work in motion. I had put in my notes like two or three of the different games that I watched. He was part of a very heavy tight end rotation. Did mm-hmm. you notice that too? Yes. Like there was two, yes. like 88 and 89 were also playing a lot for Indiana that I was seeing. So mm-hmm. it's not like this guy is like, uh, 
I mean, he's the all-time leader for tight end in Indiana history as receiver in yards, but like it didn't seem like he was revered like that. He wasn't getting like the lion's share of the snaps, or 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 you know, uh, wasn't someone that like they they couldn't take off the field. I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, I saw some good pass blocking snaps versus uh, Minnesota specifically, where he was uh, actually taking on a defensive end by himself. So I feel like he can do that. He has some good body control. Uh, he has no issues kind of stalking targets, moving in space and, and, and adjusting to bad passes, which, again, there were lots of from this quarterback. Uh, he's got very good short area quickness. He's able to make defenders miss in a phone booth uh, in a way that seems kind of rare for a tight mm-hmm. end, to be honest. Uh, he has yak value in general because of this, because he can catch a pass, make the first guy miss, get an extra four or five yards, I think. Uh, in, you know, that, like I mentioned, Indiana office schemed him open a lot for his touches. I mean, lots of what you, I mean, especially that, that video that you were just talking about, right. All you saw was this guy running wide open in the secondary. It was either a bubble screen, right? Like a little yep. slot bubble screen, or it was a double pass and the tight end leaks yep. out or the quarterback's going one way and he throws back. I or mean, it was weird. Like a crossing route that he goes back up, you know, as a go yeah. route. And there's like the defensive backs have completely lost him. So you know, the, the thing that's frustrating about that is that a lot of his production came from that sort of thing, which is, you know, sometimes rep, uh, replicable in, in the NFL. But, like, I just don't know that you're going to be throwing a ton of bubble screens to tight it to your set tight end twos in the NFL. So, uh, I mean, unless you're the Cowboys. Uh, so I, 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 I think that that's, that's something that was difficult to kind of parse. But having said that, when you see him, he is – I think he's very valuable as a, as a receiver. I I mean, for, for an undrafted free agent tight end, right? Because he has short area quickness. He has no problem catching passes over the middle. He has no problems, you know, getting, uh, finding open spots in the zones underneath. He's got good speed, but he doesn't have a fifth gear, you know? So he's not going to pull away from anybody, but I think in that kind of short and intermediate range area, he could provide some some good outlet as as kind of a tight end too. Where does he win? I put short area, quick receiving tight end. Uh, unanswered questions, off field issues aside, because yeah. that can't be completely discounted. That's something that you know obviously is there. Can he get strong enough to be useful as a versatile tight end? He's not good enough as a receiver to be like a, a guy that is just a receiving tight end, right? Not but yet. what he, no, no, he's but not. he's good enough as a receiver that if he can get stronger and become a better blocker, he could become a very useful part of a rotation because he can be someone that you can put on the field and not, you know, tip off the, the defenses to what you're doing. So I think he, uh, I think this guy might have a good, a decent chance to make the team uh, simply because I think he could probably play some special teams. We'll see exactly what the situation is again with the off field stuff. But I think, you know, in the sense, in the Michael's, you know, in the Dalton Schultz sort of way, I think this guy has a path to kind of come in here and potentially uh, uh, get better and, and, and then develop into something down the road if someone like McEwen never kind of catches on or uh, any further, not to disparage you. your guy. Uh, you. But uh, <laughs> if he doesn't quite catch on, this could be kind of your next year's McEwen. All right, so let's uh, let's let's talk about the off the field stuff because I'm sure people yeah. want to know. Uh, just re- reading right through Dave Brugler's draft guide, he was arrested in February of 2020 after his ex girlfriend said he grabbed her by the neck and shoved her against the wall. He did plead guilty in June 2020, um, and then he had to go to a treatment program. Uh, was suspended by Indiana uh, after the arrest, 
but did come back in 2021 and he was named a team captain. So yeah. obviously that's a, a rough situation uh, for, for Hendershot. I mean, typically you don't want to even see the Cowboys maybe sign these guys, but maybe they feel comfortable with where he, where he's at now after a couple of years removed. Um, we'll see if, if I'm assuming if there's any, any issues at all, Cowboys are just going to move on. Like the first site of problems they are moving up. But um, I, I got to believe that's the biggest reason why he fell to a draft to free agency. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I saw a draftable player on the field. Yeah. I mean, uh, as, a, as at least just because receiving skills are, are, are such that I feel like, you know, there's not a ton of guys that can be reliable middle of the field targets at tight end. That's just kind of it's nowadays it's a lot more vertical stuff or whatever. Uh, and those guys that do that can and that have any upside at all as a blocker, they get drafted. So yep. uh, that's likely what would have happened here if he had not had the uh, off field stuff. Um, the number one comparison for him on mock draftable is Sean McEwen, which <laughs> right. Because they're both these kind of sub six four tight ends that are under two hundred and fifty pounds, but they don't really have a lot of long speed. But they're really athletic in terms of like the quickness and the agility. Um, who do you think is a better blocker right now between Hendershot and McEwen? I haven't seen enough of Hendershot's blocking. I think I, I think I that's think the he's... problem. We don't see any yeah. inline blocking from him. Well, there's no inline blocking, but what he does do well is he does block out in space. I think when they, they feature him a lot there when they'll motion him across the formation or, uh, you know, they have a lot of this all, you know, snapping the ball while you're in motion, him getting up the field and then uh, taking on a safety or shielding off a corner, that sort of thing. He could do that stuff pretty well for uh, a tight end, you know. Like we talked about last year, you know, several different times where the Cowboys uh, unreasonably, I think, asked Dalton Schultz to come out and block a cornerback in space mm -hmm. by himself. Uh, this guy has a little bit better ability, I think, right now because he has like a kind of a, a shorter, uh, a lower center of gravity, which helps with the body control. So I think he can do stuff like that. I don't think that he's going to be a guy that you can line up as a Y and have him bury a defensive end or really even shield a defensive end at this point, uh, especially an NFL defensive end. He's get, definitely going to need to get stronger. I think he needs a year. Like, I think, you know, yeah. he's where McEwen was last year. Correct. So uh, we'll, I, I would imagine McEwen is in a much better spot as, as it stands right now. Yeah, and that's actually who I wrote down for comp is McEwen because like McEwen at Michigan, almost everything he did that wasn't, schemed open for him was within like five yards or he was like yeah. the outlet receiver, right? Yeah. Like he's going to block a little bit and then he's going to come out to the, the flat or the middle of the field and catch a five yard pass and try to turn around and we're move on onto the next play. That's kind of his role. Um, it, listen, players in the NFL have really long careers by doing that. Like you yeah. can catch on for a long time. If you are an adequate blocker and you're a reliable receiver that doesn't drive or drop passes, I think he could catch on, but he probably does need at least a year to get in the weight room, get a little bit stronger, work on his blocking technique, because I don't think you want him playing in 2022 because he's not going to be one of your top two tight ends. And yeah. I don't think he's polished enough as a receiver to no. keep on your active roster. But if the Cowboys can stash this guy in the practice squad and maybe you move on from Dalton Schultz after this year and McEwen steps up to that number one role, could – Hendershot be your third tight end with Jeremy Sprinkle being your blocker? Sure, I could see that. 
there's value in this guy because <clears throat> if you can get open in short area uh, areas and provide an outlet for the quarterback, and then on top of that, when you catch the pass, maybe give me give us three or four more yards on top of the reception because you can make the first guy miss. Mm-hmm. I'll take eight yard gains on first down or on second down passes sure. all day, every day. And I think that this what this guy can do, you know, not maybe not right away, but this is something that, that, that he could do, you know, if he develops well enough as a blocker and you could put him on the field without kind of tipping your hand as to what you're doing. Uh, yeah. Uh, I will say the, the one player that I did write down like a higher end pump or comp is Max Williams, who's played for the Ravens, uh, played with okay. the Cardinals, kind of similar body size. Now Max Williams was a much better blocker coming out yeah. of school, but guys that are, quicker than fast don't really have that long speed but if they can develop into a good blocker um we'll see i i would not be shocked if hendershot sticks in the nfl for a while i agree uh, dalton schultz a couple years ago really sure. i think is a good comparison too just yeah probably dalton stanford. schultz coming out of stanford like that first year yep. um worth developing now the cowboys at tight end after dalton schultz and jake ferguson and sean McEwen, it gets it's, it's it's a little tough, right? You have Ian Bunting on the roster. Uh, you, you don't have much else. So if he could catch on as that practice squad tight end, let's just see a year from now, two years from now, what everything looks like. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, you can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys on Twitter. Uh, again, we'll be answering your Twitter questions tomorrow. Uh, Thursday night, we're going to talk about the Cowboys schedule release because I know people get so excited about games that we already know that they're going to play, but got to figure <laughs> out when they're playing them. Got to count those wins and losses, guys. Got to count those wins and losses. The NFL is really going to turn this into like a whole month thing, aren't they? Oh, Where they just kind yes. of leak one game out at a time. 100%. It's already happening. Already happening. Uh, he is Lana McCool. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. Uh, Lana, at McCoolBCB. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.